Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the UX World. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 20. I think it's 20. Is it 20? It feels like 20. It's getting, it's getting on now. We're, we're kind of motoring ahead. Um, today's episode is going to be a very special episode indeed. But before we get into this episode, um, there's two announcements to make, really. One is that uh, there is now, thanks to Brian Colligan, our guest today from Alpha Voice, there is now a VUX World Alexa skill. Uh, what it is, and we'll, we'll learn a lot more about it during the course of this episode, but essentially what it does is, if you enable the VUX World uh, Alexa skill, you can ask it for anything, any voice-first topic, and it will search through our backlog of podcasts, 20 episodes at the moment, and it will pick out any episode that contains your search phrase within the episode itself. So not the titles, not the descriptions of the episodes, but the actual audio content. It'll search in that and it'll pull out the episode that matches your search term. How cool is that? Enable that right now. Now, as it stands right now on Monday, the 11th of June, 2018, it is available in the US skill store. We're still going through the uh, process of getting it into the UK skill store. It will be there very soon and hopefully it'll be everywhere else as well. So if you're not in America, you might not be able to find it right now, but you will be able to find it in the next few days. If you are in America, ask Alexa to enable VUX World and you will find it there. Uh, The second thing that I wanted to say is that this week's flash briefing discussion is all about the certification process. So let's take Alexa, for example, and Google as well, if you like. We're asking you, um, what is your thoughts on the certification process? Is it too strict? Is it not strict enough? Or is it just right? Uh, Let us know your thoughts and your experiences with the certification process. Any tips and hints and tricks that you've got for for getting through the process or rather anything that you've learned through trying to get your skills approved. Uh, throughout the week on the podcast we'll be discussing that so do get involved head to vux.world slash flash you can upload some audio or a video response to that and we'll play that on the flash briefing there'll be another poll on twitter going on asking the same question so you can get involved over there Um, and you can also head to facebook.com slash vuxworld Uh, one of the things and before I'll introduce our guest Brian in a second we also have Dustin Coates with us as well um And I'd just like to get both of your thoughts on this before we move on, because what I've noticed when I've been testing the flash briefing is that Alexa seems to have trouble understanding VUX world. I don't know if you've come across that before, either of you. Yeah, absolutely. So when we were building the skill, um, the way that you have to do it with the invocation name was really interesting. You have to, we kind of had to hack it with a period in a space and really explicitly pronouncing V-U-X world um, in, in a manner that's just not natural. Yeah. Um, that's how you have to launch it. So we could talk about that in the future, maybe launch it under a different invocation name, but for now it's uh, V-U-X world. Wicked. Have you come across anything like that, Dustin, with invocation names and, and stuff like that? No, not not so much. Most of my invocation names have been quite simple, uh, quite easy, but I could see something with 
uh, these are always difficult in, in any kind of communication. Uh, same for X, I suppose, as well. So I can yeah. see that uh, easily being a problem. <laughs> okay, uh, then, then I've been debating, should we call it Vux World? And whenever I say Vux World, I start getting the libraries from all kinds of books that Vux World sell. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. Trust me to, to be doing this all about the voice first space. And I've picked a name that is a nightmare in the voice first space. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's going to be a little bit like how parents started choosing names based on which domain or email address is available. Uh, they're <laughs> going to start picking what uh, invocation names are available instead. Yeah, that sounds like it could go that way. Anyway, it, if sorry, go on, Brian. So there was a skill that I, I used the other day. It was called uh, Bolabot. And it was interesting because I didn't even have to open up the skill or say enable the scale. So okay. I was surprised because, like you said, Dustin, with the Bs and the Vs, but Bolabot worked. It, they kind of do like a, a Wikipedia-style search engine, um, right. and, and they get answers uh, back, like very similar to what uh, Google Home does on Alexa. They're able to do an, a, a giant search engine and give you a response back. But it was cool because when I said ask Bolabot, I didn't have, even have an enable the skill. So that was interesting. Mm, that is interesting. Is that a new yeah. feature or something like that? Yeah, they're moving more and more towards these uh, implicit invocations or implicit enablements. Ah, okay. That sounds cool. Wicked. Well, maybe we won't have to worry about that then. But for now, maybe you will, maybe you won't, I don't know. Try and enable the VUX World Alexa skill and also the flash briefing. So, with that, let's get on with the show. We've heard Brian and here he is again. Hello there, Brian Colligan, founder of Alpha Voice. Hello. Excellent. Kane, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. Uh, what you guys are doing is awesome. Helping out the voice eco ecosystem and, and pushing out like all this great content. This is great to be here. Wicked. Pleasure to have you. And you heard Dustin as well. Hello there, Dustin. Hey, Kane. How's it going, Brian? Looking forward to, to chatting about what you guys are building. Wicked. It's sound... Sounding good. Cool. Okay then, Brian, do you want to, um, we'll tend to, as as podcasts typically do, and at the moment we're kind of following the typical podcast format with this kind of stuff, should we kind of have a little bit of a chat about your background and your career, your skill set, and, and how you kind of came to the alpha voice point? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, so I, I've been doing startups for like the last 10 years, um, launched multiple companies, uh, had an agency I, I launched a mobile app, a mobile payments app, and uh, I kind of always come back to this voice. Um, so the first mobile app I ever built, I called uh, DoSonic, and it basically read RSS feeds from blogs and then spoke it um, on your iPhone. This was like 2010, 2011. And it was horrible. It was like a terrible, terrible experience. I was just thinking so that sounded to... like a good idea. That sounds like an all right idea, that. Yeah, well, so we'll get into like more about Alpha Voice and why we're doing what we're doing. But but I, when I built that app, um, I tried to go raise money for it. And I went to venture capitalists and said, hey, look, I built this app. It's really cool. And they're like, oh, this is terrible. But we like that you built an app. And we have all these startups that want an iPhone app. And so how would you like to build iPhone apps for these startups of ours? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And so that got me started on the uh, the entrepreneurial path and built an agency called Apollo Matrix and 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 sold that um, a bunch of years ago, and 
moved out to here to Silicon Valley and been doing a lot of front end development and growth hacking for startups. And uh, so last year, actually two years ago, um, was working on a startup in the SEO space and built this thing called Alpha Pages. And so it was all about Google AMP and SEO. And we, and it was a lot of experiments and helping friends like just increase their SEO in Google and got this opportunity to do a big contract. And I was going to have to go all in on this and hire people to maintain the contract and everything. And I thought to myself, um, is SEO going to be larger or smaller in five years? This is about a year and a half ago. And I was thinking, well, whenever you start a company, you got to be in it for five years. And to me, I thought it's going to be smaller. And the reason why it's going to be smaller is specifically voice. People are going to be talking to the computers. And right around that time, I had read this thing in uh, Mary Meeker's Internet Guide to the Internet. She puts out this report every year. And it basically said that, that Google now has voice translation at 96% accuracy. So, and human trans, like humans can understand at 95% accuracy. So now just the words that are coming out of somebody's mouth, the, the Google transcription can understand it 1% better. So if, if you're thinking about this and you're thinking, okay, um, if I, well, the point of me talking is to have people understand me, I'm going to be more likely talking to a computer than I am going to be a person in the future because the computer is going to understand me more. And with that, that's a really scary kind of <laughs> dystopian thought there. But that thought experiment led me to believe, led me to believe I'm like, I have to get into voice, right? Mm. I have to, I have to be in this space. I have to play in this space. And so a year and a half ago, um, started building some really crappy apps again. Uh, I co- I've been doing a lot of uh, crawling and scraping. And so got a whole bunch of data in a database. And I was thinking you can ask questions about companies and then just plug that data into Alexa. So I built it and it was terrible. It was, it was a horrendous experience. Um, once again, it had to do with the quality of the voice that's coming out. And so uh, in the podcasting space, there's this kind of term called ear fatigue. And what happens is that the, the voice that you hear needs to be easy on the ear to consume it because it, it's, it becomes annoying and harder to consume. If, if you have to use more thought process in understanding the voice that comes out of like an Alexa or a Google Home, you're, you're going to turn off your attention. So it's really, really important to have high quality audio that comes out of these, these experiences. And, and if you could just kind of look for usage statistics out there, the number one thing that people use their smart home device for is music and, and music streaming, which is like high quality audio because it's easy on the ear. So, so if you kind of like take those things together and I'm, I'm a complete like podcast addict. I like listen to when I, when I program all day long, I always have a podcast of Joe Rogan, uh, Sam Harris, like all these kind of like intellectual podcasts. I just yeah. you know, have on all the time. Um, and essentially I was like, okay, here's something that I love. I understand it needs high quality audio experience. So why don't I build an easy way for podcasters to get on to Alexa? And, and that's pretty much where Alpha Voice came from. 
Um, so I started looking at that and it's, and it's really hard. Like if you, as a, as a podcaster want to get onto Alexa, it's extremely difficult. Um, you have to have a programming background. So, so they did launch this thing with tune in where if you put your podcast on tune in, it's on there, but tune in is not really an ideal experience. All you can really do is say play latest episode. And then you can say next to go on to the next episode and next to go on to the next episode. But if you're a content creator and you have 200 episodes, like they're never getting to episode one and two. Right. And so, um, we were like, we were looking at that. We looked at the market and we were like, okay, so what's, what's the ultimate experience? So I had this problem. And this problem was there, there was this episode on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast where this guy was talking about like lobsters and, and the dominance hierarchy and this thing. And I tried to share it with somebody and it literally took me like 30 minutes to find the spot in a YouTube video, right. To, to like transfer that over. So I'm like, that's, that's the problem that I'm, that I'm solving. Right. So we started to think about how we could do this, how we could, build this app to serve the podcasters, but also have a, a interaction map, a voice experience that was a quality experience that people would want to use. And like, what use cases are we trying to solve around that? Um, so what we ended up doing was building a search engine uh, on top of every podcast that comes into uh, Alpha Voice, right? So we transcribe the audio, we SRT the audio, and then we can know exactly where in the audio something was said. And so when you're, when you're talking with an Alpha Voice skill powered by Alpha Voice, we search every single episode of a podcast. So, so now that library becomes available, the entire library becomes available. And so if you're saying, oh, I would like to hear the, uh, the VUX world episode where, where Josh from Mycroft is talking about his hardware platform, boom, that episode comes right up and plays on Alexa. Wow. That sounds like it's right up your street as well, that, Dustin, in terms of the uh, the search side of stuff. Um, so you're talking about there the indexing all of the podcasts. Is that to understand what people are, which specific podcast people are looking for? Or is that to take people to that specific place in the podcast or the YouTube video or, or wherever? Correct. So it's actually both correct. So we have a premium feature that where we can get down to the, the part in the episode, right? Um, we haven't had much requests for that yet, but right now it's just serving the episode for every podcaster on board. Um, first, we kind of have to get people used to how to use the tool and the service. And uh, we don't do every podcast. We're kind of a, a publisher first, a podcaster first platform. So we're not just going out there and scraping and crawling um, every single podcast in existence. We, we go in and work with podcasts that have had um, that we've that that have blessed us and, and given us. I mean, there's a lot of content out there. And so we're trying to work with individuals that are forward looking and looking to uh, build their audience on a new channel. And I'd be interested in digging in this a little bit. Sure. Uh, so you're, you're searching large amounts of text and content, right? Yes. Uh, and search on itself is a difficult thing, and you introduce voice, and it's it's even more difficult. Right? You talk about Google having 
96% accuracy. Uh, and, and typing, it's, it's not 100%, but solving for typing uh, typos is a solved problem. Mm-hmm. How do you handle things like speech typos? How do you handle things like relevancy when you've got such a, a large corpus of data? Right. It's a really interesting problem. Um, and we're always getting better at it, and we're always having debates on it. Um, what's interesting is that we kind of blurred the lines within our interaction map experience. Right. So uh, we, we and we also give scoring. So so we have different parts of we, we create a scoring system. The scoring system is based upon your title, your keywords, your metadata, the description that you have. Obviously, those things score higher in our in our search algorithm than the content actually in the transcription. So so that's one way that we kind of fudge the numbers a little bit. The next thing that we do is we start to. Um, if you get a ton of results back, we offer you the three top results based off off the score, right? So, let's say you had a, you, I mean, let's say you ask about Alexa in the Vuex uh, world podcast, right? I mean, every single podcast you're probably mentioning something about Alexa, and so then you say, okay, well, how many times has Alexa been mentioned in there, right? So then we we count that as well in our in our scoring algorithm and push that to the top. I think what you're talking about, though, is um, more about kind of misspoken words, and that happens. Um, and one of the nice things that we do do is that we give every search request back to the podcaster and and, and the and the publisher, and they really enjoy that. So they can see exactly every single request that was made and what requests are coming in. You don't really get that with. Google search engine, you don't really get that. You can get that with ads, but you have to buy those ads. But every time somebody uses the skill, you're getting more feedback on what kind of content you should look at creating. So I don't know if I'm answering your question directly. Um, it's a really hard problem. Um, and we're kind of fudging the lines with uh, like a little bit of NLP in there as well. So let's say we don't find any. Here's the one thing that we do. If we don't find anything, we take the NLP of your words and then push it against the um, what's called a lemma. And we take the lemma of your words and the lemma of our transcription, and then we try to against, match that against it too. So it's not an exact match as well. If we don't find anything, we then try to do a base match of, you know, what are you trying to ask for? What are you trying to contact? And, and I got to say, we're, we're not the greatest in the world at it. We're always getting better. Um, and it's a, and it's a really hard problem. Mm. So what, what's the lemma? Uh, a lemma is a base part of a word. So basically like, um, you know, we're getting into, uh, grammatical. So like to be right to be it like has, and to be are basically the same word. Like being is the lemma of the word, right? So instead of like, like, um, uh, cats would be cat, right? And so there's all of these different uh, contextual words, and the lemma is basically uh, the word, the base word of the word. Okay, the word that summarizes what all of those other words mean. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so one thing that I'm curious about, because it's, it's a very interesting topic that I don't think has any, any set best practices yet, is the VUX for the, the search results. Uh, you know, on the web you have... You have the 10 blue links, you have 
uh, faceting, you've got filtering, you've got pagination, all things that aren't available to us readily on voice. How do you handle that uh, in your skills? That's that's a great question. And, and I think that it's probably the most creative piece of think uh, of tech that we've worked on. A lot of this stuff is blocking and tackling, but this piece is like the really creative, uh, thoughtful piece. And and thankfully, I, I got a good, great co-founder uh, on board to help me with this. Uh, shout out to Caleb Gates. He had built uh, 15 Alexa skills uh, before he tackled, helped me tackle Alpha Voice. And so what we figured out was that if we wanted to do direct search results, it just it just wasn't going to work um, the, the direct words and, and direct search results. So what we had to do was we had to think about um, the, each state or each kind of use case that a person is coming in to use the skill. And then we did a, l- a little bit of user testing, but it was, a, it was a giant interaction map. And I would say interaction map, we have um, about nine different state machines. And each state machine is its own little micro app inside of our skill. So for example, um, just the search piece is its own individualized app. And so when you come in and you search on, on an alpha voice skill, you say, it is asked you, what would you like to talk about? And say, I would like to talk about Alexa and the UX world. And so it, then at that point, we may get 100 results, we may get three results, and we may get one result. So then we have to kind of make that decision of what's the best use or what's the best UX for that. And so we thought that um, we, we do a couple things, right? So if there's one result, they say, great, found this result, and, and we play it. If there's 100 results, we say, we found a bunch of results. Would you like us to list the top three, or would you like to play the, the latest result, right? And so if you found one through three, we say, we found two results. Here are the two results, and we list them off. And then that way... The kind of kind of the cognitive overhead of like saying if you have a hundred results kind of gets masked, um, but if you describe it well enough, what you're looking for or or it's a hit nail on the head, like that that matches in that place. Um, a lot of other state machines that we have, and, and a state machine is like a micro conversation, right? It it this is like state machines are everywhere. State machines are like how traffic lights work. They're they're kind of a a computer terminology thing. It's basically at any given point in time, uh, the machine can only have one state, right? So, so what's the state? And then it might have like a substate. So we have a welcome state. So if you've never used the skill before, you come in and we give you descriptions and help on how to use the skill. We have a help state. So if you ask for help, there's like all of these options on the commands that you would like to learn about or what you can ask about in the skill. We have a goodbye state. Right, so if someone asks to leave or shuts down the audio, um, then we play the goodbye state. Thank you for seeing us. I uh, hope you come again. You can find out more X, Y, and Z. Right. So these states um, have, and, and it's difficult. The difficulty with doing it in a linear style state machine um, is that conversations are very lateral. Like a lot of times when you're having a conversation or you're thinking about something, you can go from one, one kind of thread of a conversation to another. And so we kind of control the user to kind of get back 
to that state, right? So if you're in search, we say, okay, we didn't find anything like that. We make a suggestion and we kind of keep you in search until you want to get out of search. Um, and we try to guide the user that way because there's a, there's a great quote by this, by this woman who worked for Google. She said, in, in conversational user experience, there are no errors in conversation. You have to handle everything. And so it's just a lot of empathy and a lot of using your product. Um, and every time you get annoyed at your product, that's, you know, you need to do more work there. And, and that's what we've, we've kind of used as a guideline. So if you don't find anything in the search, do, do you then prompt the, did you say that you prompt the user to, to search again, keeping them in that search state, you just prompt them to, to, to try another search? Yeah, I think the two hardest things is when we find nothing and we find too much stuff, right? Like when they find nothing, that's kind of easy. You can go back to the keywords in the help kind of index, like, oh, we haven't found anything um, and then we, would you like to hear more about it for a VUX world? It might be like, you might hear more about Alexa or Mycroft or Google Home, Google Assistant, right? So you give suggestions. Um, and then the other really hard thing where we need to get better at is when you find too many results. So like I said before, we have a, a search engine scoring system uh, that then ranks it. So they can, you can put in more filter detail um, or you can say like list top three. And that's kind of how we we massage it, but we definitely need to get better at it. How do you then? How do you cope? Because one of the things that I don't I don't know if this is if this is me having a slightly peculiar accent, or whether this is Siri and Alexa and all of the other kind of voice assistants. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whether it's whether it's my accent or whether it's these not understanding me all the time. They understand me most of the time. Probably it's probably that ninety six percent of the time. So it may be just that sometimes it doesn't understand you because it can't understand one hundred percent of everything that everyone says. I don't know, but have accents been a problem with you when you've been indexing all of these different podcasts and YouTube videos and all this different content? And if so, how would you, how would you kind of cope with that? Yeah. So when we, when we do, we use Google for transcription, right? So we use their transcription API. And so, uh, they're pretty much the best. And so we can only, we can't really be better than them. Um, and you're right. Accents are a problem. I, I see it all the time. My, my kid's three years old and she tries to use it and she's got like a 50% hit rate on her requests, right? Because uh, uh, she just doesn't have the elocution and, and the, uh, like an eloquent, eloquent way of speaking. And, and so, so, so I, I get to see it firsthand, not necessarily with accents, but with a child. And it can be very frustrating. But it just means that the whole ecosystem, I, like I really feel that the whole ecosystem is in like the Palm Pilot days. Th this this whole voice thing is a wave, and it's a wave like the mobile wave. Like it's going to change everything. But we're talking about early BlackBerry Palm Pilot days with all of this stuff. Like we got a lot. There's a lot of work to do, um, and so uh, accents, foreign languages. Uh, children, people with speech impediments. There's there's a lot of people that are going to be like left out if that if this problem isn't going to be solved. And there's a lot of great engineers at Google. There's a lot of great engineers at Amazon working on this type of stuff. Um, and the more the more access that they have to more accents, the more likely that it's going to get better. So it's kind of like 
it's kind of like a inverse equation right now. So basically they're not getting enough data from accents to make it better for accents. But the more people with accents use it, the better it gets. We will be right back with Brian Colligan in just a second. Uh, but first, I'd like to tell you about an event that's happening on the 14th of June to the 16th of June. It is called Talk To Me. It's a hackathon in Berlin, in Germany, a three-day hackathon. It's organized by a group of incredible people, uh, Alexei Vidanov, uh, Anil Kumar, Krishna Shetty, and, and there's a whole host, there's a whole team behind it. They're, they're really, really passionate and, and keen on, on this kind of, uh, on this area, the voice of area this hackathon as i say it's three days long uh, it's in berlin um, there's a series of event a series of venues rather across berlin and the aim of the game really is for a, a group of like-minded people to come together to discover things like voice uh, first concepts you, you'll be designing uh, voice user experiences whether that's actions on google or uh, skills on Alexa, creative prototypes. There'll be if you can code, fair dues. If you can't code, don't worry. There's tools that they'll provide you where you can build stuff without even needing to code. There's over five thousand euros worth of prizes available. Um, presumably that'll go to to the groups and people who've created the best concepts, the best prototypes, who've got the most original ideas. Uh, there's a whole host of speakers on as well. Peter Fries uh, of Google will be there. Uh, who else is there? Nadine Rothkamp from Amazon. There's a couple of people who we've had on the podcast as well. Jan Kornig from uh, Jovo. Uh, Andre Esaulov from Bot Talk. Uh, and a few other interesting people. Adva Levin of uh, Pretzel Labs. She won the Alexa Challenge Kids um, prize uh, not so long ago with her skill um, Kids Court, built on Storyline. Karen Kashansky will be there as well. Uh, really, really interesting person. Lots of experience in this kind of area. So it looks like it's going to be an incredible event. The tickets are starting from about 30 euros going up to just shy of 50 euros. Um, but it's this week. So get on it. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be an immense event. A little bit too short notice for me to get to, unfortunately. I would love to be there. It sounds like it's going to be an immense event. But do get involved. I'll put the uh, website links and the ticket links and all that sort of stuff in the show notes. But essentially, it's just talktome.berlin. <laughs> How easy is that? Get there. Check it out. It's going to be an amazing event. And definitely, definitely, definitely going to get myself to the next one. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get back to Brian. We've sort of discussed a little bit about the, the, the technology and how it kind of works. Maybe it would be kind of useful to um, to help people who are listening to this. There'll be people in here who, who uh, you know, there'll be content producers or what have you that may have, um, you know, a YouTube channel or, or a podcast or, or something like that. How would they... How would they get up and running with Alpha Voice? I'm, I'm assuming it's it's a piece of technology that you would build your skill on as opposed to a, a skill in its own right. How would people kind of get up and running with it and, and get moving to, to use it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think going back to one of the core reasons why we started this thing, it's it's really hard for podcasters and uh, and we're doing some stuff for YouTubers as well to get their content on Alexa. See, like. And so what we do is when you sign up for Alpha Voice, it's super simple. You plug in your RSS feed or your iTunes link, or you plug in your YouTube channel URL, and then we just do everything else for you. Like everything else is handled. Um, so it crawls, it scrapes, it indexes. Then we start the transcription service 
And while the transcription service is going, um, you know, we're running our, building our search indexing in the background. And then essentially um, we have two options. You can choose to launch it under your own account or we will launch it for you. Just probably over the next year, we're just, it, it's easier and faster for us to just launch it for individuals. Um, and we launch the skill and that's it. Uh, we charge $11 a month. It, it's super simple, super easy. Uh, and really it's about getting people comfortable and experimenting with a new platform. Because the reality is until last week where Amazon released some of their monetization, they were blocking every way to, to monetize an app, right? There, there isn't really monetization on the Alexa platform right now. I mean, sure, they're paying some developers. I've met some of the, the developers with the top apps in the store and you know, they're doing okay, but you can't build a real business off of, uh, off of a donation handout from Amazon. Um, so, you know, last week they, they launched their kind of, uh, their monetization, um, uh, functionality and, and that's really exciting. So we're building that in, right? Um, so now if you want to do a donation based system or uh, a micro payment or say, here, here's half the episode, pay a dollar to listen to the other half of the episode. Uh, we're we're starting to build that in probably two three months away from actually rolling that out, but um, that that's something that's interesting. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good because we when we spoke on the phone um, briefly before we setting up this call, that was kind of one of the the things that you were talking about in terms of the ideas that you had had in like in terms of when you see some of those articles or something like that where you, it'll show you half the article, then if you tweet the article, you'll read the rest of it or something exactly. like that. Um, and you mentioned that was one of the ideas. Is there any other things that, that you've kind of got um, either in the pipeline or things that you're thinking of that, that are either feature requests that you've had or enhancements that you're planning? Any other things in the pipeline along those lines? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a client called AdHoc, and uh, they're an AdWords optimization uh, company, machine learning AdWords optimization company out in New York. And essentially what they wanted to do was start to experiment with the idea of voice search and lead generation with voice search. So their their whole thing is like, okay, we want leads. We don't we don't want money. We don't want advertising. We don't need subscription. Uh, what we want is the people that are using our skill. We want to do a lead capture. So for them, we're building a uh, an SMS capture feature. So that once they use the skill once, they use the skill twice. They ask for their third video. It's going to pop up and ask them for for their sms so for the phone number and the reason why we ask for their phone number versus an email is because it's much easier to get numbers from alexa than it is to get a, an email and so then now we have their number and we're going to give that to ad hoc and then they can follow up um, on their own and do whatever can kind of campaigns that they want so i think there's five business models in the voice space right now um, a, only a couple of them are available so we just talked about lead gen uh, donation, donation based. There's a lot of podcasters that have it, uh, have their whole entire monetization model based purely off of donations. Radio Lab, Sam Harris are great examples of that. Um, micro content and micro, uh, micro commerce, micro transactions. So we're playing with the idea with one client, like how much does it cost? How much should you charge? for an hour long podcast. Is it 10 cents? Is it 25 cents? And so we're kind of thinking through that right now where they want to do a microtransaction. Um, obviously there's a subscription 
And uh, this is kind of uh, a common one uh, with, with really high-end content producers, people that do this uh, entertainment for a living that have like a large consumer audience. There's e-commerce. So like, again, last week, they just launched the tools to be ability to, to have an e-commerce engagement so people can buy merchandise and T-shirts and hats or whatever uh, from, from the content creator. Uh, and the last one is advertising. And right now, they're allowing uh, streaming advertising. So if you have an audio stream, you can advertise. You can't do any advertisement uh, with Alexa's voice. I mean, there's a ton of unwritten rules in this space, right? So we had a, we had a client skill get rejected because on our exit state where it said, uh, thank you, uh, thanks for listening. If you want to hear more, um, go to alphavoice.io. And because it was a promotion using Alexa's voice, they rejected the skill. And it took, it took two months to figure out that was the issue from them, like back and forth of their support. Like, wait, what's the advertisement here? Why are you rejecting it? And I think, I think that becomes really concerning to me where uh, Alexa and Google are really starting to um, control the conversation in a way that's very heavy handed. Um, I understand it's their platforms and, you know, I'm building skills and apps and actions for, for these platforms. But at the same time, um, a lot of things are getting censored. Like, for example, we have this client is, is comedian and he has a comedian podcast and they talk about baseball and swearing and, and they're making, they're just making jokes, right? All the time. And they drop an F bomb here and there. It's not something that's like, like hate speech or anything, but they, they're just, they completely blocked it. They're like, we only want family friendly content on this device. And so, so to me, like monetization is cool. But, but this, this heavy-handed censorship means that you're going to have to play behind in, in these certain lines. And, and, the, and the scary part is you don't even know where the lines are, right? So is, <laughs> do we want to like live in a world where um, the way that we interact with and communicate? All right, so here's the thing. If we are going to talk to computers more than we talk to people, and, and I know I'm talking 5, 10, 20 years in the future – and this is the way that we communicate. Do we really want every conversation to be like this safe space? Right? Like, can there be like, what is the line for censorship? And I know there's like a lot of YouTubers out there that that are really upset with this. They're, they're getting like demonetized left and right because of their either their political stance, or they, they mention um, alcohol or tobacco in a YouTube show. And then their whole t channel is demonetized. So it's, it's concerning for me for the content creators, right? So my, my job is to help content creators get on these different channels. And then so I need to be the voice of the content creators too, which is like, hey, provide us the tools to make a living from what we do and, and to, to get us over the hump like when we're just starting out. And I, and I don't think there's a great platform out there for that right because you either have to play within the lines of censorship or 
you, you, you no longer get advertising on, on YouTube until you hit like 10,000 subscribers or something, or it's 10,000 hours um, of listening listenership a year. So there's no like incremental way for a person to hone their craft, get their content out there. And, 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 you know, when you get that first $20 check from YouTube or whatever it is, a hundred dollar check from YouTube, and you've been at it for six months, that's, that drives people, you know? And so, so, you know, going on to this new platform, going on to this new channel of voice, I, I do have a bit of concern about really understanding uh, what can be done and what can't be done. And then where's the conversation with these guys and their guidelines? Because it seems to me that it, it's really not clear right now. So are they, uh, for the approval process then, are they, well, they must obviously test it to some degree. So is that how they've kind of picked that up then? They've gone through and, and they've had a, a long listen through some of the some of the podcasts that were in there and picked stuff out of them. They must have been fairly thorough if they've gone to that kind of extent. Yeah, the the yeah the certification process is pretty thorough. Um, we're we're getting testers all the time, and you know one of uh one of, I put out some videos on YouTube about how to grow, do growth for these Alexa skills, and one of the hacks that um, you can do is uh, rotate your keywords every once in a while, and then put the keywords in for your competition. So whoever. Um, you know, like View X World when we launched it, we'll we'll talk through it. We'll do a short little session, and you know, who's your competition? What are your keywords? And then you put that into the skill, and then what happens is I'm getting to the point in a second here, but when you put that in the skill, and then you go to the uh, the hot and new uh, uh, section every time you update your skill, and then you can start to understand how many, like, what keywords are getting you uh, more installs and more enablements. So so there's there's skills that we've done that we're using this tactic on and then they come back rejected. And so every time you submit it, you go through the fine tooth comb and there are definitely people who are very lackadaisical and like, Oh, this skill is certified and it's good to go. Um, and then there's other certifiers that will pick up the, the littlest thing. And, and, and part of it, I appreciate it. Like having, not junk in the store is is good, um, but at the same time, that that level varying degree of who's actually certifying your skill can determine whether or not your skill gets passed. Mm. It's interesting that because on on the one hand, it would seem as though the the there's some fairly strict rules that maybe it's not published but depending on who's assessing it that they've got their criteria seemingly that they're going by mm -hmm. but then in other areas you've got for example and i know we're talking about alexa here and i'm sure that yeah. there's a similar situation with google and, and you're right Absolutely. in terms of the two these are the two major players in this space so it's almost like that it's those are the two companies controlling i suppose the the access and the content that's on these platforms so but i'm 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 Wondering that on one hand you've got kind of really strict guidelines and 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 strict criteria like the Video X World flash briefing was knocked back because it had a picture of an Alexa right. Echo device in the background which you right. obviously you had the same thing didn't you because I had to send you over another image but on the other hand you've got skills in the skill store that have all got the exact same invocation name right 
that seems right. that seems you know a little bit weird because it's like you you use the invocation name and you know how i don't know how it determines which what which skill you'll enable kind of thing that seems like a fairly loose thing in terms of you can have as many skills as you like using the same invocation name but then you can't have certain other things like a little bit of profanity right yeah I, it's <laughs> you know i don't know uh, the reason why all the decisions are there i mean they're doing a lot of good stuff right like like let's there uh, amazon is is i, I don't want to be too harsh on them they they this is palm pilot days this is early blackberry they're doing a great job but there are things that need to be cleaned up. A, cl a clear guidance on the certification process, being able to talk to somebody on the other side of the phone when, they, when your skill gets rejected, just having that conversation like, would, would ease like, the ability in, in like, giving feedback to developers in, in a tremendous faster amount. I mean, your developers are your content creators, right? So wherever the developers and content creators are going to make money, and make it easy them easy for them to push out skills and iterate because all of this stuff we're doing is an experiment. Like nobody is absolutely killing it on these platforms right now. Like in making a, a, a large enough business to they're just not. I mean, so so encouraging the content creators, giving them that incremental like feedback and and attaboys until there there's enough people in this ecosystem there's enough monetization techniques to build an industry that that can be at scale is is what is what they're kind of doing but it it, it feels like this is a, they're, they're letting amazon's letting you know that this is still you're, you're playing on our territory right it's same with google like these guys are doing the same thing they're like you're playing on our, our in our sandbox, and you know we're we're trying to at Alpha Voice we're trying to push the edge with some of our creators and our content creators and and you know daily weekly we're getting our hands slapped. No, don't do that. <laughs> that's a that's a unique and and good place to be though, isn't it? To be honest, because it's you need people to push them boundaries for these companies to realize that there are boundaries yeah. there in the first place you know what i mean and it's like you know if you if you were taking it down to a micro level if you were implementing let's say for example a new system into a company you wouldn't implement it on day one with everybody having all permissions to do everything would you you would kind of you would start with zero permissions and then grant access based on their needs as you kind of roll it out so i'm wondering whether that's the the route that they're going down is you know start narrow start with it being a little bit restrictive and then yeah. as we get the need and discover the need for it and work out how to deal with that because you know there is right. a there is a large uh, user base of kids that, that use the devices so that's how do you control yeah. the the access and the permissions and age restrictions and stuff like that um, it, 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 I can I can see where the I can see why they might go down that route but I think it yeah. it, it can't stay like that obviously and it takes someone or some people to be knocking yeah. at that door and pushing them boundaries and that sounds like it's exactly what what you're doing so i think it's it's well needed well needed work absolutely they, they have they're large market cap companies that have huge liability if something goes wrong so so i get it they're being responsible that's cool but like if you think about it another way um if chrome was censored when the chrome browser launched like would anybody have used it like no, they wouldn't have used it. I mean, that's that's why you gotta like kind of support the 
um, the creators in the space. I think, you know, I think what uh, Josh from Mycroft is doing is amazing. Like, like that platform is, is something that it, and, and we might be working with them and pushing content out there, but, but that, that platform and then the idea of, of an open OS it, is something that, that feels more like the internet. Right. And so, cause you can have different types of content. You, you can, you can plug in as many apps as you want. There's not. So I, I, I think you're right. I think you're, you're, you're basically mouthing their policy, which is like, we don't know what we don't know yet. We have large market caps. We have to be responsible. But right now I feel it's too constricted. And as long as it starts to open up and we can have basically freedom of speech on, on these voice platforms, right? And, and we have laws, right? So, so the, the freedom of speech should be the laws. What, what we have politicians and laws and these laws are put in place and judges and they d- discuss and debate this like all day long, what should be legal to say and what shouldn't be legal to say. And, and I think we should use that as our guidelines. Yeah, but, but Brian, at the same time, you are essentially asking Amazon, you're asking Google, hey, can we be on your platform? Uh, you're, they're providing that platform to you. Uh, and I think there's that philosophical uh, there's a philosophical reason to to favor openness, right? I've, I've got an Android phone. I love it. I, the openness is one of the things that I really love about it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you, you have the closed ecosystem on on Apple as well. I remember uh, trying to submit an app, and it it had right. one single mention of Android, and it, it got rejected. Right. Uh, so, so I think you know, mobile has acclimated us to having these these walled gardens and whether they're good or, or bad. Uh, if you look at the business side, you know, Apple hasn't really been hurt by having, uh, not having apps that mention Android and that her that don't adhere to, to their guidelines. Yeah, you're right. I, 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 and, but that to me doesn't feel like controlling speech. For some reason, this feels a little bit different. Like when I can control the conversation and what I hear and the content that I hear, like it just, I, I, I don't, it, it doesn't feel the same, but I get your point. So as with everything uh, technology-wise, things move pretty quickly. That discussion was filmed a couple of weeks back, and since then there's been a dialogue between Brian and Amazon, and Brian has figured out exactly what was going on with the certification process that he's referring to there. And uh, at Brian's request, quite rightly and understandably, he wants to set the record straight. So here is Brian telling us about what he's learned since that discussion took place. Now, I want to talk about the podcast for a second because uh, I had a bit of frustration, um, weeks and weeks of trying to like push these skills through and get these podcast skills approved by Alexa. And I wasn't getting, I was getting vague feedback. I didn't really understand why, what was going on. Um, basically, we're just saying uh, mature content is not allowed at this time, et cetera, et cetera. With that, I knew that there was other mature skills in their app store, in their skill store. There. So I did some research, found some skills with mature content, read the content documentation about how and where there should be uh, particular types of content. They reserve the right to, to refrain uh, certain content in certain countries, and then it clicked with me. 
So if there aren't mature content skills and they're pro and the most logical thing is like they're probably following the laws of the land, why don't I turn off the skill for every single country in the world and just have it for the United States, the UK and Germany? So here's the tip, pro tip. If you want to get your skill with mature content and explicit content passed, you will have to release it in just United States, United Kingdom, and Germany. Now, there's probably other countries where you can release it, uh, but right now, I know that for a fact, you can release mature content as a skill um, under these countries, and other countries, I'm not sure of. So, it would be cool if we got a, some feedback from Amazon on which country, countries allow mature content, which countries don't allow mature content, but essentially, that's how you can release your skill with mature content. So. With that frustration, I just want to pull it back and say, hey, thank you, Amazon, for pushing out the skill and following the laws of the land of each country and straightforward protecting me from putting out mature content in a country that where it's illegal. Let's let's push the discussion on then. Tell us all about Brian. Tell us all about the VUX world skill that you've been working on recently. Awesome. So um, we took the uh, the podcast, we plugged it into Alpha Voice, it crawled, it transcribed, it, it took all the keywords out of it. And essentially what we're launching with the VUX World uh, skill is an ability to ask the VUX skill a question or and get a response in the form of a podcast. So essentially, you could talk about um, Vasily from Storyline, say, Alexa, ask the VUX World uh, about the episode with Vasily from Storyline, and that episode will pop up, um, or Josh from Mycroft. And so you can start to ask the skill questions, and what's really cool about it is, Kane, you'll get the, the all the questions or your most popular requests. You'll start to see like everything that everybody has asked your skill ever, and then the users on the other side, they'll get to uh, pause, fast forward, and, and engage with their, the skill in a way that um, no other Alexa skill is capable of doing right now. Wicked. That sounds absolutely unreal. And everybody who is listening to this, you can, uh, by the time this comes out, that will be available. So get yourself onto the skill store and uh, enable the VUX World skill. Hopefully it'll pick it up when you say VUX World. Try Vux World. I don't know how it'll work. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll work that out. Um, before we before we uh, wrap up, you were you were talking about there in terms of the analytics side of stuff and being able to to get um, finding out what people have been asking and things like that. Is there anything yeah. else analytics wise that the the platform offers? Yeah, it's interesting. You'll um, speaking of requests, sometimes you'll get random requests in there uh, that really shouldn't be in there so that's that's something interesting that we have to figure out if we need a sensor or not uh, because uh the session kind of stays open uh analytics we give we give analytics in terms of uh plays i think requests is the most interesting things but but plays session opens uh we pipe in the content if you if you have us launch a skill for you uh, we pipe in all the content that you would see on, on the amazon dashboard so you can compare and contrast um and, you know, quite frankly, uh, there's not as much usage as the normal flow and the normal behavior of people, how people consume podcasts, but the whole entire ecosystem is booming. And we, we've just in the last six months, since we launched our first podcast on there, we, we've seen growth. Like 
you know, it was first week with seven sessions and we have a podcast now that has like 700 sessions a week on it. So um, that's our biggest one, but they've been at it the longest too, and they've been promoting it. So I think that um, the analytics piece is really interesting. It's more information I think than any podcaster is capable of getting. And then we're looking at ways to um, do some more demographics and analytics and, and location-based stuff uh, based upon who's calling uh, your for your content. Um, but that's not completely solidified, but it's fun. Yeah. Wicked. That sounds absolutely immense. Thank you, Brian, for, for doing that. That is immensely, immensely appreciated. Um, yeah. And yeah, everybody check it out. You can, you can, you'll get up and running with that uh, right now. So yeah, do, do that. Um, before we wrap up, Dustin, have you got any further questions or anything you want to ask Brian? No, Brian, I, I think this was fantastic. Thanks so much for, for joining us and, and providing all of your thoughts. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Uh, one last thing, if you're a podcaster or you're a YouTuber, you're trying to get onto a Alexa, you want to skill an echo show, uh, get on fire TV, uh, go to alphavoice.io, sign up and see how easy it is to get started on Alexa. Wicked. There you go. I'll put all of the links in the show notes. So if you, if you're not hopping there and in the process of typing it in your address bar now, which you should be, um, <laughs> you can hop in the show notes and, and all of Brian's details and all of the alpha voice details will be down there as well. Cheers, Brian. Really, really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us today. That was been an immensely interesting episode. Thank you very, very much. Absolutely. This has been fun, guys. That was Brian Colligan from Alpha Voice. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us on the podcast. That was a really interesting podcast that we got. What I liked about that is we got real deep into detail straight away, and that's kind of gave us a bit of momentum and sent us sent us flying, talking about the specifics of how they handle voice search. Um, over there at Alpha Voice, we're talking about some of the difficulties in indexing podcasts and some of the usability issues around finding stuff and how content creators can establish a presence on voice uh, with providing the user experience that uh, that is sensible as opposed to just playing the latest episode and, and that's it so loads of stuff to think about there not just for podcasters but for anyone who has a you know, presence on youtube any uh, brands or marketers or even people who are in the scene developing and, and designing these voice experiences you know quite a lot of people have youtube channels and, and put video content out quite often so that um, you know there's there's a whole heap of uh, interesting functionality and opportunity with with alpha voice do check it out i'll put the links in the show notes as always do check out the vux world skill which is now available thanks to brian thank you very much for that check it out give it a whirl uh, and also enable the VUX World Flash Briefing. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun with the Flash Briefing. We're going to try, rather than just playing clips of the podcast, we're, we're going to try putting some exclusive content in there. Um, hopefully every day, we'll aim for every day, certainly a couple of times a week. Um, so yeah, enable the Flash Briefing, enable the VUX World skill, and uh, do check out Alpha Voice. Thank you again, Brian, for joining us. Thank you, Dustin, for joining us as well. And thank you all for listening. Until next time, see you later.